Hello, my name is Claire Moffat and I head up the Intermediate Development and Technical team here at Royal London. Welcome to our first thoughts on the budget. And it was an exciting budget for the pensions world. Now I'm delighted to be joined by three experts from the team. Craig Muir and Fiona Hanrahan will be looking at the changes in relation to pensions together with Justin Corliss, who will be focusing on what this means from a public sector point of view. And I'm going to hand straight over to Justin. Uh, thanks, Claire. Um, not going to discuss public sector immediately, but first we're going to have a look at the annual allowance. So Fiona, could you tell us a little bit about the annual allowance? Thanks, Justin, and hi, everyone. So in a DC scheme, defined contribution or money purchase scheme, the annual allowance is the amount you can pay into your pension or have paid in on your behalf, whether that's by a third party or an employer before a tax charge applies. In a DB or defined benefit scheme, the amount that gets tested against this allowance is the capitalised value of the increase in your benefits from one year to the next. So the scheme will tell you that figure. And for many years now, the annual allowance has been 40,000 and you've been allowed to use unused annual allowance for the previous three years prior to that, giving a theoretical maximum of 160,000 before that annual allowance tax charge would apply. Now, it's worth seeing here that what I've just described is the standard annual allowance, which will apply to most individuals. Previously, or, or certainly up till now, those with high incomes above 240,000 could have their annual allowance cut to as low as £4,000. And those who have flexibly accessed their pensions will have a lower allowance of 4,000 and we'll cover that off shortly. OK, that's great. Um, can you give us a bit of insight as to what happened in the spring budget 2023? So today, the standard annual allowance has been increased from 40,000 to 60,000. And that's with effect from the 6th of April 2023, 6th of April this year. OK, and what's that going to mean for advisors? So advisors will need to understand the impact that this will have and the potential for clients to now pay in more to their pensions, importantly, without that tax charge applying. Few, fewer clients may need to make use of carry forward as, you know, the standard annual allowance is now higher and, you know, they just won't need to. And the charge will apply from the 6th of April. Uh, sorry, the change this will this change will apply from the 6th of April 2023. Carry forward will remain for those prior three years, though, at 40,000. And that means when the increase takes place from April this year, someone in theory then could have 180,000 total annual allowance instead of that £160,000. OK, thanks. And what would you say that that means for clients? Those paying in larger contributions and those using carry forward will be able to pay in more without that tax charge applying from April. And that could be particularly useful for clients who are paying in larger contributions in the run up to retirement, especially business owners who might not have paid in much to their pensions in the past or those in public sector DB schemes who find their pension input amounts higher than that standard annual allowance. So it's worth speaking to those clients. And a point to note is that for individual contributions, remember an increase in the annual allowance is really only relevant if the client has the relevant earnings to support that contribution in order to get tax relief on the contribution too. Okay, that's great. Now, overall, who would you say that this is good news for? It's good news really for anyone wanting to pay more into their pensions as it's now possible to pay in, you know, one and a half times more into their pension without a tax charge applying. So good for those in DB schemes with high pension input amounts and those in the run up to retirement looking to maximise their pension funding. So this change combined with, combined with the lifetime allowance removal is obviously good news for pension savers. Okay, that's great. Thanks. 
Thanks, Justin. But now I'm going to ask you um, about public sector. So this change in the annual allowance does really have a significant impact on the public sector, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The annual allowance increase to £60,000 is going to provide uh, some relief to those impacted by pension tax charges with potential savings of £4,000, £8,000 or £9,000 in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, depending on their tax ban. Um, it's slightly different in Scotland due to the different tax rates, but the savings will be broadly similar. However, the, the process for measuring pension input to define benefit pension schemes, as, um, including public sector schemes, could uh, see some pension savers still inadvertently incur annual allowance tax charges. Now, unlike defined contribution schemes where the pension input is a fairly readily identifiable pound figure, as you mentioned before, Fiona, defined benefit pension input considers the difference in the capitalised benefits between the beginning and the end of the tax year. Therefore, you know, pay rises, promotions, additional pensionable work undertaken, and even the cessation of salary exchange agreements can all give rise to additional input, which won't always be apparent to scheme members until they're advised of that tax charge. So some of those, these aforementioned triggers impact senior NHS clinicians, and that's a key group that the government is trying to, well, either entice back to work or prevent leaving in the first place with these measures. And that's all to try and tackle record waiting lists in the NHS. So the government's going to need to closely monitor the effectiveness of this increase to see that it does achieve their aim. You know, the increase, as you say, isn't retrospective, so it won't immediately offer further annual allowance to carry forward to alleviate tax charges in the 22-23 tax year. However, the prospect of additional annual allowance in future years and the aggregation um, of accrual in different sections of the NHS pension scheme so that negative growth is no longer applied as a zero figure. OK, both of those things were in today's budget alongside, um, you know, the recent measures to align the CPI figure used to calculate the revaluations of benefits for inflation with the CPI figure used in the annual allowance calculation. You know, these things show genuine intent by the government to address the concerns of senior NHS staff. Now, in recent years, advisors have often been tasked with calculating the likely pension input in the upcoming tax year for senior public servants, doctors in particular, to determine whether an annual allowance tax charge is likely to apply and whether the member is best served staying in the scheme and paying that charge or exiting the scheme to avoid the tax charge. Now, this increase in the annual allowance won't negate the need for that for that calculation, but it is likely to increase the frequency of staying in being the best option for members. Now, this is important as scheme membership provides more than just pension accrual. It gives entitlement to short-term pensions. It alters, almost always favourably, the calculation of lump sum death benefits. It improves ill health pension entitlement and the calculation of long-term survivor pension benefits. And all of these are extremely important maybe sometimes overlooked, aspects of the decision to remain or leave. Now, pensions are an important part of NHS remuneration package, and in recent years, they've often been cited as a disincentive to remain in employment. And if we want a functioning NHS with reasonable waiting lists and people to have the confidence that they'll be able to see a medical professional when they need to, it's vital that the pension scheme and all its constituent parts encourage rather than discourage members to remain in or return to pensionable service. 
That's really useful. Thank you, Justin. Now, moving on from the annual allowance, we're going to talk about the biggie, the, the lifetime allowance. And I'm going to ask Craig, could you tell us a bit about the lifetime allowance, please? Certainly, Fiona, and uh, hello to everyone. Yeah, the lifetime allowance is the total amount of pension savings you can build up in a pension scheme before you or your beneficiaries face a lifetime allowance tax charge. This tax is levied on the excess over the allowance and is charged at 55% if taken as a lump sum or 25% if taken as income. Uh, the lifetime allowance, it was introduced back in 80, so that was back in 2006. It started life at £1.5 million. It got as high as 1.8 million, then gradually came down over the years to as low as 1 million pounds. Since then, it had a few years of CPI increases to the level of 1 million and 73,100 pounds, and we were expecting those increases to continue until the budget of 2021 happened. And the then Chancellor Rishi Sunak announced that it would remain at 1 million and 73,100 pounds for five years. So that's up until 2026 or until legislative ch legislation changes. Now, this freezing of the lifetime allowance meant many more people were caught by lifetime allowance tax charges. And for some, it was a disincentive to carry on working. So what's planned? So uh, what's happening now or what's changed? So the government will remove the lifetime allowance charge from 6th of April 2023 before fully abolishing the lifetime allowance in a future finance bill. At the same time, the maximum pension commensal lump sum, the tax-free cash, for those without protections will be retained at its current level of £268,275 and will be frozen thereafter. That's good news for clients then, yeah? Yeah, I mean, this increase to lifetime allowance will restore much-needed incentives for people to prioritise their pensions as they approach their later working years. Um, a lot's been said about increasing the lifetime allowance could be a way of solving the NHS pensions dilemma, you know, getting those age 50 to 64 back to work. However, I don't want to say too much about this as our public sector specialist, Justin Corliss, will provide his views on this shortly. Now, leaving the NHS aside for the moment, it's, it's kind of difficult to see how these moves will get people back to work, you know, especially once you've taken early retirement, you've worked out that this is affordable. It's unlikely that being able to put more in your pension would encourage you back. In fact, it's possible that high earners who can maximise these allowances could end up leaving work sooner as a result of the higher limits, as they'll be able to build up more, more quickly. It's also possible that the changes could keep older workers who are still in relatively highly paid work working for longer, so they can build up an even more decent target amount and have an even more comfortable retirement. I'm sure the lifetime allowance changes will not only be welcomed by those approaching retirement, but also those who have already accessed their pension. Now, when a pension's accessed, it was tested against the lifetime allowance at that point. So, for example, if someone took benefits um, up to the limit, you know, £1,073,100 in 2022, then they would have used up 100% of the lifetime allowance. Now, the scrapping of the lifetime allowance charge and ultimately the removal of the lifetime allowance will mean they can continue to fund for the retirement, not be hit with a lifetime allowance charge, but they will not be able to receive any further tax-free cash. Of course, unless a client has one of the protections which allows them to receive a tax-free lump sum greater than this, then this is no different to any other client. But it's also going to help the beneficiaries of clients as well, won't it? Yes, um, you aren't exempt from the lifetime allowance on death. You know, if you die before age 75 and you haven't crystallised all your pension benefits, then the lifetime allowance charge applies to your beneficiaries as well. Now, sometimes clients thought they wouldn't have a lifetime allowance tax charge 
but they die while working and large death and service payments of, you know, for example, six or even eight times salary would use up a lot of lifetime allowance. And that combined with their pension could mean there was a lifetime allowance charge. But the budget has confirmed there'll be a change in the taxation of the lifetime allowance excess lump sum or the serious ill health lump sum, defined benefits lump sum death benefit and uncrystallised funds lump sum death benefit where they're currently subject to 55% tax charge above the lifetime allowance to taxation at an individual's marginal rate. Now, the real puzzle is if there isn't a lifetime allowance charge and ultimately a lifetime allowance limit, then how can there be an excess over the lifetime allowance? Does this mean the lifetime allowance limit will still apply in these instances? And the answer is, I don't know. Um, the detail of this will be contained within the finance bill, though. OK, so what do you think it means for advisors then? So for advisors, there's potential for your clients to save more into their pension without breaching the lifetime allowance limit. For your clients, they can build up a larger pot, which will mean more flexibility about how and when they access these benefits. And of course, this is another major advice opportunity. Also, revisit clients who have taken out protection in the past as they had restrictions of how much they could accrue. And this has been removed so they can start pension funding again. And note, they'll still have the option to take tax-free cash up to their protected limit, which will be higher than the new limit of £268,275. So thanks for that, Craig. So back to Justin. One, one of the reasons for um, this is in relation to doctors and dentists. Can you tell us a bit more? Yeah, um, today's uh, effective removal of the of the lifetime allowance is is likely to significantly ease public sector staffing challenge that's been facing the government. While pension allowances can impact higher earners across the public sector, the issues have been particularly acute within the NHS, where senior clinicians have been reportedly um, retiring early and or declining additional shifts and responsibilities just to stave off its punitive effects. Now, the removal of the lifetime allowance may prompt um, those people who were approaching the old lifetime allowance limit uh, and considering remedial action, such as leaving NHS employment, to reconsider. However, as Craig mentioned earlier, those who've previously taken their full um, PCLS of £268,275 or higher if they hold lifetime allowance protections won't be able to take further PCLS. While not ideal, this, you know, as we say, is in line with the treatment of other pension members. Now, this increase should, really needs to be viewed in conjunction with imminent changes to allow NHS 1995 scheme members to take their 1995 scheme benefits and return to pensionable employment within the NHS, thus accruing further pension benefits. Now, prior to that proposed change, okay, which is due to take effect imminently, um, once members of the 95 scheme began taking their 95 scheme benefits, they couldn't build up further benefits in the 2015 scheme. And this proposed change incentivises 95 scheme members, many of whom will be senior clinicians, just based on, you know, when you needed to, the age you need to be to be able to have joined the 95 scheme, to return to NHS employment. Now they can accrue, uh, accrue further pension and the removal of the lifetime allowance means that those benefits accrued won't be lost to pension tax charges. OK, now we're going to move on and talk about the money purchase annual allowance. Claire, um, could you tell us about the money purchase annual allowance, please? 
Yeah, so the money purchase annual allowance is the amount that you can pay into a money purchase or DC scheme um, without a tax charge applying after you've flexibly accessed your benefits. Now, this was introduced with pension flexibility. It began its life at £10,000, was then reduced to £4,000, and from 6th of April 2023, it'll be back up at £10,000. Now, accessing your benefits flexibly, well, that broadly is taking uh, um, off pulls or one of those cash lump sums where you get that 25% tax at zero and 75% um, tax at your marginal rate, but it comes together. Or taking income from any um, drawdown, so that's even a pound of income, um, but only taking PCLS, just your 25% tax-free cash, um, and moving the rest into drawdown or buying an annuity with it, or taking a small pot of under £10,000 um, or continuing with benefits which have been accessed before pension flexibility in 2015, well, they would not trigger the money purchase um, annual allowance. Um, and also, if you're a member of a DB scheme, then it wouldn't trigger, you know, if you take your DB benefits, DB benefits only, then that wouldn't trigger the money purchase um, allowance either. Um, if someone is a member of a DB scheme that also has some, you know, DC funding, then they would have um, a maximum of £36,000 available for their DB scheme, but for defined contribution benefits, they would have been restricted to that £4,000. Thanks for that, Claire. Uh, can you just remind us what happened in the budget for the money purchase annual allowance, please? So yes, yeah, so the good news, um, not um, the Chancellor never, when he stood up, spoke about this, but this was in the documentation, um, and it stated that the money purchase annual allowance will increase from four thousand four thousand pounds back up to ten thousand pounds from the sixth of April, twenty twenty three. Yeah, that sounds like good news. So, what does it mean for advisors? Well, there'll be now clients who might want to pay more into their pensions. They could have been put off from doing this, um, or they might be willing to pay more now without having that tax charge, tax charge applying. Um, so it's worth looking at any clients who flexibly access their benefits and are still working. Now we've often come across clients who didn't take advice and they took one of these cash lump sums out um, and only later wanted to take some advice, hadn't really remembered that they triggered the money purchase annual allowance and, and didn't really realise that they couldn't perhaps contribute more or they were going to be limited. So it's worth looking at those clients and also do you have any clients who've retired but then decided to come back to work? Perhaps the cost of living um, is having a bit of an impact. So it just opens up an opportunity for more pension saving after people have flexibly accessed benefits. Yeah, so what does it mean for clients then? Yeah, as I've sort of briefly mentioned that those who've accessed their benefits flexibly, so a fulls um, or taking income from drawdown, well, they would have been limited to paying £4,000 into their pension uh, without having a tax charge. So, so it's good news for those people because it just means that they can now pay contributions up to £10,000. Um, and, you know, there will be people who access their benefits, maybe during the COVID lockdown, who are back working, they've been subject to this restriction. Um, so again, good news for them in particular. And I, I mentioned already about people who might have retired and now are back to work. So, um, you know, those put off by paying into a pension or taking advantage of auto enrolment because of the money purchase annual allowance might now be keen to pay more into their pensions and, of course, take advantage of the benefits of tax relief and employer contributions. So, in summary, who is this good news for? Well, I think it's good news for anyone who's accessed their benefits flexibly and they still want to pay more into their pension. 
Right, um, Justin, you know, there might not be as much of a public sector angle, but can you give us a few words on this, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, as, as Claire mentioned earlier, the money purchase annual allowance, you know, has minimal impact on um, defined benefit scheme members. I guess the clue's in the name, really, the money purchase annual allowance. I guess it will be good news for the you know, small minority of public sector employees who have drawn income from any personal pension they have and still wish to contribute to it above £4,000 per annum. Um, to be fair, in recent times, you know, the concern for public sector employees who are likely to be affected by, you know, annual allowance issues has uh, been fitting their DB input into the £40,000 annual allowance rather than concerns around defined contribution inputs. Perhaps now the annual allowance is £60,000, there may be more public sector members looking to make additional defined contributions, um, uh, contributions. And if they previously accessed their DC pension income in the way that Claire mentioned before, then uh, the increase to 10000 for the money purchase annual allowance will be welcomed. But as you rightly say, Craig, probably not as much of a, an impact there. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Claire, there's also been a change in relation to childcare. Now, this might not seem like there's a pension angle to it, but there is. Can you tell us more about that, please? Yes, there was an announcement um, in the budget in relation to the extension of free childcare from children from the age of nine months. So basically after maternity pay um, or paternity pay had run out. Um, so and then when they're one and two with equivalent funding um, in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Now, this, of course, is very welcome. And it, it's going to help encourage caregivers who we know are primarily women back into the workplace. Um, the Centre for Progressive Policy found that women provide twice as much unpaid childcare as men and women are more likely to work part time than men. Now, this not only has an impact during their working lives, but it ultimately contributes to a significant gender pension gap. Now, um, Royal London carried out some research last year and we had a report called Bridging um, the Gender Pension Gap and it highlighted that earnings are a key barrier to greater savings. So when asked what's preventing women from saving or saving more for retirement, 50% said that they don't earn enough money compared with just 30% of men. Now, also highlighted that men are much more likely to contribute more than the minimum required to their pension. So um, that's an important point. 48% of women aren't confident they're saving enough for retirement compared to just 28% of men. That's brilliant, Claire. So who is this good news for? Well, of course, it's good news for families um, in general. While the introduction of auto-enrolment 10 years ago helped more women than ever save into a pension, we do face this yawning gender um, pension gap, though. So stopping work or reducing hours for a few years can have quite a significant impact in retirement. So increasing the amount of childcare available will mean more women um, can go back to work. And this coupled with potential changes afoot to remove the auto-enrolment limit um, mean women who work part-time can save into a pension um, as well or save more into a pension. Now, women are concerned about their retirement, but no earnings or having lowered earnings only helps to widen the gap. So this is certainly going to be a benefit for families. And so what, what does this all mean for advisors then? Well, of course, most people won't take advice until they're near um, retirement. But this is going to increase the number of women um, who have more of a pension at retirement. So, um, you know, also for those advisors who are in the workplace space, um, 
you know, employers might not be struggling to um, recruit as much um, and because women might be able to go back and increase their working hours. So hopefully it means that people will have more in their pension funds um, and certainly that will help them deal with the costs of um, retiring. Well, I think that's all the main things covered. So just a big thanks to Justin, Fiona and Craig. Thank you for your time listening today and I hope you found that a useful roundup. Of course, um, as Craig mentioned, the detail is what's really important here. So this is only our first thoughts on what happened from the documentation um, available, um, but there will be more detail um, in the weeks and months to come. Thank you very much.